we're going to learn a new song at church, and Steve didn't know. And um, <laughs> in, in Steve's head, apparently, it sounded like uh, Home, Home on the Range. And so he got up and started singing. Well, he was singing so loud that everybody else <laughs> wasn't singing. And so the pastor realized he had lost control of the service to, to Steve, and he started singing along with Steve. So pretty soon the whole wow. church was singing Home, Home on the Range. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm going to show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's Does your sun set high? Does your sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Hey, are you happy? If you're not, then why? If you're not, then why? We're here to help your life be happier. What's up, Happy Lifers? Thanks for joining us today. Super excited about the day. Uh, the last podcast we had with Tony Piantine, we talked about how uh, off mic we were talking about something, and Tony Piantine is not only one of the directors of Camp Daniel, but he's one of my best friends, and uh, he understands me as well as anybody does, and that's not an easy task. Ask my wife. <laughs> um, but uh, So I have him here, and I, I, w- I want to continue to talk a little bit about Camp Daniel and why you do Camp Daniel. We talked about that a little bit. I don't know if we ever answer that all the way, but I want to make sure we get to a, a particular point that, that we talked about um, off mic, actually, on why you do Camp Daniel. So, Tony, tell us again um, the, the crux of, of why it is that you do Camp Daniel and the, why you do it the way that you do it. Well, we do Camp Daniel because people with disabilities – in general, by percentage numbers, don't know Jesus as their Savior. And so how... Do you think that's more than normal? It and, is. And why do you think that is? Well, the, the you know numbers, if we want to talk boring numbers, but 11% of people with disabilities would call themselves a Christian. That's wow. Whereas in typical society, who would actually call themselves a Christian... You know, it's seventy percent, something like that, of oh, our society. Right. Okay. Um, so you're talking about a. a we deal with um, the outreach and the the mission that we do as we call ourselves missionaries because we feel like we're moving out into a subculture in America, and uh, that um, lives fairly distinctly different from typical society. Um, and one of the very distinct hallmarks of that subculture is that they don't go to church for many given reasons. And so there has to be a way to reach this group of people with, you know, the love of Jesus. Can you just give a couple reasons why, why they don't attend church? Um, well, there's a really simple, a number one reason is a ride. Um, I've got a driver's license. I own a car. So if I want to go somewhere, I go, um, my circle of my family, my circle of friends, most of them have a car and drive. Um, so if I don't, if my car breaks down, I still have a way to go somewhere. Um, but somebody who has a disability, generally their circle is smaller. Most of the people in their lives are paid to be in their lives. And so it becomes a, a part of programming for them, for them to be able to go somewhere. So for so, if somebody wants to go to church, if they live in a group home and there's more than one person in a group home, there has to be an agreement everybody's going to church or nobody's going to church wow, typically because they don't want to split it up or right. there's only work or they can't split right. it up. Right. And typically up there's one person on duty in the group home at a time. Um, 
So just simply getting back and forth to church And I imagine is an that's issue. the same thing even if they want to go to the mall or they want to go to a lake or something like that. The same right. thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing for everything, but some things are lower on the priority list. Right, like and church. And Sunday okay. is a low-priority day. It's a weekend. It's church. So it's a much lower priority. Um, and then the other reasons is just the concept of accessibility, and that's become the physical barriers of church buildings are more and more disappearing where there was a time when every church had 20 stairs going to the front door right? and uh, pews that went from aisle to wall. And so just the pure accessibility of being in a church at one time was hard. That still exists, um, but there's a ex- different kind of accessibility that exists, and it's kind of in people's hearts and minds. And so we've developed a way of doing church. The programmed way we do church doesn't allow for people that live on the edges and the fringes to participate in the full way that is available to everybody else. And so um, Camp Daniel has to exist because what we call the church has not done the the right job, the good job of incorporating everybody in the body. And, and the Bible commands us that you know the body has to be full. And so how can the body be full if certain people can't be part of it? Right. Um, and so uh, we have something called the Able Church, which is a church formed by people with disabilities. We've done Sunday school classes. We've done weekly get-togethers. We've done a variety of different ways of trying to incorporate people into churches or create our own church. And the reality is we are the church. It's not a building. It's not a program. And so um, you and I tend to be unified in our thought process on, uh, you know, getting that idea out there that there's more to church than, you know, building a board, a pastor, you know, paid staff. Right, it's a community. Exactly. And it's everybody. You even said, um, told me before that um, you don't believe that the body of Christ, which really is what the church is, is supposed to be, is the body of Christ, is not complete if people with disabilities aren't in there. Yep. Uh, just because they're a portion of, of society, but do you have any other input on on why you would say that? Well, I just think that we all have gifts, and I think we have gifts sometimes related to our abilities, our inabilities. Um, but I think there are distinct gifts that exist in that culture of disability that are needed in the church. And what we did talk about in the last podcast was a little bit about uh, vulnerability or dependence or the weakness we put on display and. I believe that the church is desperately in need, almost more than anything, of dependence and weakness. Um, we don't, we generally don't like that, and especially in a Sunday morning church service. Right, right. In fact, um, at the last podcast, you were talking about the uh, talent show, which is one of my favorite parts of Camp Dan. You know, my other favorite part is the dance afterwards. We always have a dance out outside on the sidewalk there, and just they just love the dance and. And um, it, it's it just you, you can't watch and not bring a smile to your face. You can't see the joy that comes from that. I mean, you can't watch and not see that. Um, but their, their, their talent show is just everybody wants to be in it, first of all. There's very few that, that you know, if you do that in, in, you know, anywhere else, some will really want to do it. But a lot of people will hold back even though they have talent. And I'm one of those people, karaoke comes around, I can sing, but I never want to get up there. However, at Camp Daniel, everyone wants to, to let their talent shine, even if the talent would be considered off-key, you know. Or like you said, you know, she's saying roll out the barrel for her talent when she got up there, you know. But 
every talent show I watch them get up here and I find myself crying because I the, the I don't know the, the notes are off key and yet it's the most beautiful music that I've heard in a long time if ever and I guess it's just because when they sing man they just sing from the heart and some of them are up there shaking and someone has to hold on so they can keep standing up but boy <laughs> they sing from their heart I, I know uh, one guy that I I, I I go to his church sometimes to speak and he'll be in the front row man and he is just singing louder than the rest of the, he doesn't know that he's not supposed to right sing that loud and when I look at that that sad part for me is I, I watch them sing and I think what our churches would be like if they allowed people like this to sing in them and then I thought that that's never going to happen the way we do church right now, it's just never going to happen. If there's churches out there that do this, boy, I applaud them. But we're not going to have someone like that get up there because they don't sound like the CD or they don't have good. And there's something about the heart, about the, you know, the sharing that, you know, in First Corinthians, it's about one of the only times we read about where God says how you should do church. It's almost like God says it's wide open. You can love people however you want to do it. But he says when you come together, everyone should bring something to the table. First Corinthians chapter 14, everyone brings something to the table, a song, an insight, a word, a hymn, and no one person should take over. You know, And how many stories do we have of, of people with disabilities that, that try to attend, but they're told they can't attend because they make noises and they, you know. Yeah, that's not abnormal, and it makes me think of a story that we literally were just talking five minutes ago. I I got a, a text this morning that um, one of our campers uh, named Steve, who's from Green Bay, passed away. And he had Down syndrome. And over the last four years, he's had Alzheimer's. And, um, you know, kind of that's swallowed him up over the last few years. But uh, he spent a lifetime going to a church in Green Bay that I would get to speak at fairly regularly. And he would sit in the front row, um, the seat right at the aisle. And he could praise God like, honestly nobody else I've ever met and he he was loud he was off key but he would move around it didn't matter if everybody else was sitting he was still standing um and he became his name became front row Steve people knew him as that um in fact there was a one of the youth bands 10 15 years ago that came out of that church the name of their band was front row Steve because of how Steve worshiped but the cool story about Steve is um maybe again 15 years ago um they started singing a new uh, we're going to learn a new song at church and Steve didn't know and um and in Steve's head apparently it sounded like uh home home on the range and so he got up and started singing well, he was singing so loud that everybody else <laughs> wasn't singing and so the pastor realized he had lost control of the service to to Steve and he started singing along with Steve so pretty soon the whole wow. church was singing home home on the range wow. um i think of that and that's what it's supposed to look like like that's wow. You know, did it have Jesus' words in it or anything else? It didn't, but it wasn't. The pastor loved Steve, and the people that went to that church loved Steve, and he was a vital part of that community, which just doesn't happen. There shouldn't be one story about that. There should be a million right. stories about that, and it doesn't matter who you are. You know, on any given Sunday, on any at any given point, uh, we need to find ways to love each other, and in that moment, that's what that was. Um, and that's a powerful thing. Like uh, anybody who was there will never forget that. Well, and Steve, he's singing words to home on the range, but his heart was singing. Yeah. I love God. Right. I mean, he, and sometimes we get all the words, right? Right. 
I've been in so many churches where where all of a sudden the PowerPoint doesn't work, or they. I remember when they used to have to do overhead projectors, and I had to run those things and make them. <laughs> you know, and boy, if the words aren't up there, they don't know what to do. And it's right. it's like sometimes we don't sing from our heart anymore. We sing from our head. I can't remember who it was that said it, but you know, somebody that everybody knows, like C.S. Lewis or. Martin Luther or something like that, but he said Christians don't tell lies, they sing them, you know, <laughs> and how we can sing songs just from our head, but not from our heart when there's songs that talk about the relentless love of God or right. how he feels about us. And yet, um, you know, front row Steve, he got that, yeah. you know, and it's just sad that, that, you know, it's so cool. It's sad that a lot of people won't accept that. It's cool that a senior pastor would sing Home on the Range along with yeah. him. In fact, it reminds me of who's the guy that always it comes to camp, and I should know his name. Oh, Kent. Is it Ken? Always has the um, the championship belt. Wrestling belt, yeah. Yeah, right? And I remember he was he was sitting about the third row back where I was speaking, and a, a whole row of people from Camp Daniel were there, and, and he had he had his world wrestling belt on his shoulder. You know, I'm sure there would be a lot of people that say, you know, he's worshiping wrestling or whatever, but he just loved wrestling, you know. And uh, we were singing, and all of a sudden, I got this idea, man. And I, I at the end, I, I told the, the people in the, in the in the crowd, in the church, I said, "You guys want to know what worship looks like?" I said, "Ken, come on up here," you know. And I asked James on the piano to start singing. You know, our God is an awesome God. And then. I, we grabbed each end of that belt and we held those belts high up in the air and he held another belt up in the air and here's a world wrestling you know, championship belt where we're singing about God being an awesome God and it was just one of my favorite mo- uh, favorite moments speaking at a church and, and uh, so my buddy is a pa- was a pastor at a church until just recently and um, you know there was a guy that came to that church and there was a, there was a speaker there and, but this guy in the front was just being loud, you know, and the speaker came down and looked right in front of the whole, all the all hundreds of people that were in that, in that church and, and looked at him and said, it's my turn to speak now, you know? And I remember this summer when I'm speaking and the guy in the front row kept yelling at me, <laughs> be you, be you. He kept, kept yelling at me and, and he was taking me out. I couldn't think of where I was going. I think I even mentioned that in a podcast, you know, and I, there was a part of me that wanted to ask Barry to stop. You know, Barry, it's my turn to speak, but I couldn't do it because I know I've said so many times that their voice is just as important as mine. And you listen to this podcast, your voice is as important as mine and your voice is as important as anybody's. I mean, we all have something to bring to the table. That's what Paul is trying to say in, in Corinthians. We all have something to bring to the table. So everyone brings something. But but the way it's set up right now, it, it just it doesn't work that way. And we right. miss out on something very powerful and something very pure when the body together comes along and. And uh, each person does something to share their heart and their yeah. message. And the hard part of it is, is what a lot of people I think would be thinking right now, or would respond to that, is we have to have order. And what we've talked about is total disorder, right? Um, and I, and it's, but I, I don't think it's the disorder that's wrong. I think it's the, it's what we're trying to pack it into, and the program that we try to pack most things into it doesn't fit in fact if god so, wants to do something he, there's really not a whole lot of room for him to do something if somebody right. god gives somebody something they need to say yeah you know i cut you off i'm sorry no and that's i the i think the body is all about finding ways that everybody is incorporated and it's not you know we we've we've called people that have disabilities special and that's not because they're special that's the word to insulate ourselves because because they have a special class in the back and a special time that's during our worship time they have their own worship right. or a special job at Walmart to greet at the door or whatever it is 
um, you know, a special workshop for them to be at. That's not a special house to live in. That's not like a regular house. Yeah. Um, and that's, that, that brings comfort and insulation to typical society. And I just don't see that that's what Jesus did. Jesus hung out with people with disabilities. Uh, in fact, historically, we know that Jesus didn't, he wouldn't spend overnights in Jerusalem. His friends weren't in Jerusalem. His friends were a few miles down the road um, in Bethany, which is translates to the house of misery. And that's where they spent, sent people who had disabilities and people who were sick. Wow. And that's where they sent the lepers. That's where Lazarus lived who died of some kind of a disease. We don't know what. But those were Jesus' friends. That's the description in the Bible where Jesus spent nights, where he went to stay at the end of a workday. It was 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 there. And wow. um, so somehow he was able to incorporate people with disabilities into his ministry, into his personal life. That was part of him, you know, throughout the Bible. That was part of Jesus' life. And somehow we've lost that, and we've created such a uh, a machine that church often is that it's just it's something that doesn't fit into that. And so, I, you know, I look forward to the day where Camp Daniel's not needed anymore. That's really the ultimate goal of what we're doing in ministry is we don't want to be anymore. I want to see a totally inclusive uh, church or whatever word we use for that because church really, you know, define something pretty small and boxy right now. Right. Uh, but things have to change because everybody has to be part of it and um and not just in just to be part of it, but part of it in a significant way. Not because we need to include them, but we need them to be included because right. we need them. Right. Um and everybody's got a gift. So f- from the pastor of the church um down to the janitor of the church and everybody in between and it has to be everybody. And so what would that look like? And if we started from that point of view, we would build something entirely different than yeah, what we have now. I think so. And if people could just see that, and so we want to invite you to come to Camp Daniel over the summer. Now, that's not why we're doing the podcast, but I want to invite you anyway. It, it will it will change your life, I promise you. Um, go to CampDaniel.org, and you can check out. they got Facebook pages and everything. But if you want to come for a week and help us there, you can work in the kitchen. You can help be a counselor. You can be a lifeguard or help us with fishing. Or you could just come for a day and, and watch and be a part of it. But I'm telling you, to see what we're talking about here, it's just it's such a powerful thing. That's CampDaniel.org. Um, but, Tony, I want to ask you what you see as a solution. I, I've got an idea what I think a, an answer to that is. It's, you know, me seeing Ken sitting out there. These, you know, the, the thing about calling them special is they're human beings. We're all special, you know. Right. If we can label somebody, then we got it all figured out and we can keep them in their Bethany spot, you know. Sure. But when I saw him out there, I just I wanted to include him with what we're doing because we're just so natural. And I, I know what he could bring to the table and he just beamed from ear to ear when he stood up there with me. And, but your solution, in fact, before you tell me your solution, just go real quick over front row, Steve, how did that affect the youth of that church from front row, Steve singing off key, singing home on the range up there? Well, what in that period, they, he was the epitome. He was the definition of worship to them. They better understood what worship was as teenagers because of their interaction with Steve and wh- how he, inter- you know, how he interacted with God during church. So, I mean, what's that worth? <laughs> you know, right? Um, I was a youth pastor for a long time, and I was never able to impart that right. like that the way Steve taught said, that lesson. And you said they started a band. Yeah, they had a band, and it was called Front Row Steve. And they named it Front Row Steve. Right. And I think to me, that's one big answer. I don't know if you have an answer, but it's inclusion. It's 
including them and, and finding a way, even if you have your current system up of how you do what you do, but find a way to include them and stop worrying about everybody being perfect because nobody's perfect and we all have disabilities and inabilities. And so to me, I think inclusion and uh, talking to them and letting them be a part of what you're doing is definitely a solution here. That's for sure. Do you have any other any other answers you think or you think that's it? Um, well, you're talking about a group of people who are probably the lowest on the social scale in the yeah. world and that um, live way, you know, they're not even, they're below the ladder. They're the dirt underneath the yeah. ladder. Yeah. And so there's no way to climb that, you know, social scale. And uh, and if, if, we, if we can learn to accept people who our society considers the lowest of the low or the least of the least, and I don't agree with that, that's what they are, but I just think that's socially yeah. where we've placed them. Right. That if we can, that means that everybody that. that's, that's at their spot or higher up on the social scale becomes included. And that's what's important. I'm not advocating that we figure out a way just to include people with disabilities. It, we have to include everybody. Right. We marginalize people. Uh, mental illness is something people get marginalized for. Um, people just, some people can't, you know, they don't process in the same way. Autism is something that's going on right now. Uh, you know, through the course of history, it's been race that's dis- that's created situations where people couldn't be included um i'm artistic um not in a musical way but in a a visual way and uh there's really not very many places in many churches that exist for me um to use the gift that god's given me uh and so everybody benefits from this and so um that's why i think it's so important so i hear you saying if we can learn how to love and and be inclusive to people with disabilities then we're going to do it with everybody Exactly. I, I know that Camp Daniel just increases my humility, number one, um, and it increases my – and I'm proud of that, <laughs> that it increases my humility. No, and it increases my compassion and my love for others, and that's what they do. They pull that out of you, you know, um, and that's why it's such a beautiful, life-changing place. And, you know, here's what Paul said. Paul, the the Christian we like to – base our lives off of Paul, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament or a lot of the New Testament, said um, in um, 2 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 7, it says, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift, and I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and begin appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I mean, it's got us all covered there. And then he says, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Someone happy, make just one someone happy, and you will be happy too. Thanks for listening.